Okay. Hey everyone, you're listening to Jill Dialogue. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Scott. Last week, Scott and I had the opportunity to attend an amazing event called Hypergrowth. So today, we're going to break down the event and share some of the highlights with you. But first, here's our social media minute. So according to social media today, Facebook may soon hide total like counts on posts, which is mirroring Instagram's strategy. Um, so like we talked about before, Instagram has tested in, I think, over seven different countries um, hiding the like button. So it just says, you know, accounts and then others. I'm like, not a fan, but yeah, it's we'll see interesting. How it works. Yeah, so obviously because they're under the same umbrella, Facebook is going to start testing that as well. So the whole purpose behind this is the Instagram chief, Adam Morsi, explained, we don't want Instagram to be such a competition. We want it to be a place where people spend more of their energy connecting with the people that they love and the things that they care about. I agree with that sentiment, though, definitely. I I agree. I think it's interesting, too, because the whole reason why they're doing this is because of younger users, and they're afraid that the number of likes is influencing I guess how they view themselves and everything. It probably is. It definitely is. Yeah, it definitely is. But Facebook, I don't think it has the same demographic as Instagram. That's true. So it's kind of interesting how they're going to be mirroring the same. They might be trying to get rid of like echo chambers and like the highest upgraded posts. might be something terrible, but it's giving people the opportunity to... Mm-hmm. use Facebook groups in the wrong way and Facebook posts in the wrong way. Definitely, yeah. I mean, well, it'll be interesting when this test comes to yeah. the United States and we'll just see how everyone adjusts to it. For sure. For my story, I had hackers gained access to the Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey's account and proved that Twitter can be compromised at the highest level mm. um, by tweeting out a string of offensive content, which we don't want to share. The group mm-hmm. showed that even more so now, two-factor authentication is a good idea for everyone. Um, I don't know if you use it, but I use it for, like, I guess Google kind of forces me to use it, but Monday mm-hmm. uses it. A lot of these big uh, companies should look into two-factor. Yeah, absolutely, especially, I mean, this is a prime example of how it's so easy to yeah, be happy. even the CEO, well, they said he only uses his phone to do work, too, so a phone's a lot more susceptible, ah. that's for sure. So now we're going to dive into Hypergrowth. So just to summarize for those who aren't familiar, Hypergrowth is an event hosted by Drift. Now Drift is a chat software and conversational marketing platform. And for the last couple of years, they've been organizing a conference that brings together so many different people from so many different companies of all shapes and sizes. Um, They had so many amazing guest speakers. Yeah, they really set it up well, I thought. Yeah, it was awesome. It was our first time going. Um, definitely would want to repeat, but we just want to like dive in and kind of talk about yeah. the day, what our takeaways were. Um, I guess to start off, it was at the Wang Theater, which was awesome. Um, I guess last year they had it outside. The Pavilion. The Pavilion. In Seaport, yeah. So, um, I mean, it was warm when they had this, so yeah. I'm kind of thankful we're inside air Yeah, it was kind of a perfect... I didn't expect the Wang Theater to be converted so well, but I yeah. thought their uh, development team did a great job setting it up. No, it was super it cool. Um, and then they, I thought it was super interesting how they opened the event. Um, it was really cool and really smart and definitely like unique. It woke us up. It definitely woke us up. At nine in the morning. At nine in the morning, um, Grace Savage took the stage. Yes, and, a British beatboxer. Yeah, and she's super talented. So if anyone is really into beatboxing, definitely check her out. On Spotify, um, yeah. She, she has a great that, voice yeah. too. And um, she writes all of her own songs and beats. So she was awesome and really got the crowd like, you know, invested at nine in the morning. Yeah. 
they definitely set the stage, as they say. Next yeah. was uh, Alex Honnold, who I was really a big fan of um, for yeah. his Netflix special, Free Solo. Mm-hmm. He's a professional rock climber. Um, I didn't expect him to be such a decent motivational speaker. You he can was, tell. yeah. He's, like, tell. really funny and, like, yeah. has, like, a good stage presence. Yeah. And, like, kind of kept everyone. Like, no one knew what to expect because I had seen the movie, so I mm-hmm. knew how cool he kind of is and, like, yeah. he's super laid back. But obviously yeah, no, he one was of the definitely best, laid like, back. Um, I did like his vibe. It was very cool. You could tell he's, like, I'm my career is not motivational speaking. But yeah. he just stayed true to his story, which was great, and mm-hmm. that's, like, motivational enough. Um, but it was just amazing because, I mean, I've seen part of the movie. I haven't seen, I want to like start again and redo it because like what he did is just amazing. So pretty much he climbed El Cap, it's called, which is the highest point in Mm -hmm. Yellowstone National Park, I want to say. Without a rope. So free soloing. Free soloing, yes. Um, which honestly he was showing us pictures and it just made me anxious, but he, he was there to tell the tale. So, you know, he drew some cool parallels too about how like time and preparation is so important. Rock climbing Mm -hmm. related that to business a little bit. Yeah. Showed us how like it took two and a half years for him to just even like gain the courage to Mm -hmm. set everything up. And even like his final thought at the end where he even kind of like tripped up and called himself out being like, I don't really have some profound thing to say, but pretty much the gist of it was there's no shortcuts or easy way mm-hmm. out sometimes it's like you just gotta put in the work if you find something you're passionate about you just have to like work hard at it definitely. um and he definitely did that so that was like also like a great way to start the morning because mm-hmm. he was our first guest speaker perfect mm-hmm. and then that led into i think next after like a coffee break was danny meyer who was the ceo of shake shack um he was also a very good speaker, yeah. works for the uh, Union Square Hospitality Group, which is one of the biggest hospitality groups in New York City. Um, he also talked to us just about things that he experienced in his business career, whether that be how he only opens like a restaurant after he like goes through three specific parameters. Mm-hmm. But with Shake Shack, he's changing the mold and they're becoming like one of the fastest growing food yeah. chains. It was really, really interesting talk. He's an older guy, said he just got back from vacation and yeah. You can tell he was another guy that was kind of just laid back and shooting. Yeah, no, he was really us, yeah. cool. Because um, I have I, – my undergrad was in, like, hospitality, event coordinating, marketing and stuff. So, like, a lot of what he said resonated mm-hmm. with me. Um, I also thought it was great how he talked about growth, how he kind of made the connection where he's like, I'm at an event called hypergrowth, and for the majority of my career I've been he's terrified, terrified of, it, of yeah. growth, um, which kind of makes sense. And one quote that he did say that, like, resonated with me too was, like, he was – I think he said, um, like, growth is the oxygen to business. Feed business, yeah, yeah. I remember that. You're Which right. is true, because if you stay stagnant, then, I mean, your business is just obviously yeah. going to stay stagnant. like he's so. set to open 100 Shake Shacks, he said, next year. And, like, mm-hmm. they usually hadn't done, like, more than 10 or 15, so. Yeah, He's so, definitely changing his business strategy. Yeah, and good for him, mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Absolutely. And Some then, other good ones, too. Yeah, uh, Jen Rubio was really cool, too. She's the co-founder and chief brand officer of Away Luggage. Um, I thought her whole story was really cool because, like she mentioned in the very beginning, it was more about her personal journey mm-hmm. as opposed to her business. Um, and her career path, she said it wasn't linear. She didn't, like, one, she didn't graduate college, which is, like, yeah. really cool considering where she is today. Um and she started working for Warby Parker right when it started, which is really cool. Um, and, and now just, she has a, a way shop like right down the street. In, yeah, like, and a way a way is really cool. Kind of how, sleek. She, so yeah, it's, really it's super main, sleek. Yeah, like streamlined. And just how they kind of, I mean, it's luggage. So you, you're, I mean, we're all pretty surprised that you're able to build like an online community just based off of your luggage. Yeah, she employs like 
some of the most digital marketers in the world. So they've mm -hmm. really like gone aggressive on that front and yeah. you do get a lot of ads for and that type of stuff. And it's smart too because I mean, especially like social media influencers today, like they're always like whether they're working with Revolve or whatever, they're always traveling. So it's yeah. cool to be able to take those pictures with your luggage and it's just another really, they, it was just really great how her company grew based off of like that idea. Yep. She said, don't be afraid to change. Like that's mm -hmm. when the best things happen to her. So. Yeah, embrace it. Yep. Uh, Billy Jean, if uh, you guys don't know who Billy Jean is, he's the founder and CEO of Billy Jean Marketing. He'll let you know that. Oh, yeah. He's um, got a big personality. Yeah, he certainly he has really a big fun. personality. Um, but he had a good 30-minute speech. He engaged, mm -hmm. the, uh, he engaged the audience, which we have some video of. Hopefully oh, yeah. it has been deleted. <laughs> I still um, have it. Don't worry, I won't post it. <laughs> yes, but thank you. He had one of us um, pair up. So Scott and I paired up, and Scott was the actor. I was the quote-unquote director. Really, I was just hitting record on my phone well, we and, yelled into the into yeah the phone. into the phone um and it was just funny because he was just pretty much just talking about how video is necessary for any entertainment too just yeah. like having like a presence in entertainment and he talked about how there's it's social media is very saturated through sex now so you have to stick out in a different way if you want to sell exactly, your products exactly yeah um, next was Anita Elbers who teaches Harvard's MBA course business of entertainment media and sports um, someone wrote on Twitter that all she did for 30 minutes was show pictures of her next to cool superstars, yeah. <laughs> which is not false, but she also gave some really good information. I thought that would be a cool course. That'd be um, awesome. It didn't remind me of an MBA course. It reminded me more of an undergrad course. I'm sure yeah. that it gets a lot more in depth once you're there. Yeah. Um, but she said she has people like professional basketball players, tennis players, uh, Channing Tatum mm -hmm. coming to her for her her it, program. Yeah, I mean, it's so cool because, I mean, it's really smart for these celebrities to start taking classes like that, especially if they have the opportunity to, because, I mean, she talked about The Rock a lot. I think she and The superstar. Rock are yeah, pretty close. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah seriously. There's so many pictures of them together. But he was smart just because he knows he's talented in the yeah. sense where he's, you know, an actor, he's in all these movies, but he has a production team and he's really involved in everything that he does. So like maximizing their potential too. Yeah, like, exactly. There's so a difference she explained between like the top earners in that industry mm -hmm. and then just like even their teammates on their own team. There's the superstars yeah. and then there's the yeah, they're just the diversifying their portfolio. Yep. And she made a lot of um, talking about how like you shouldn't be afraid of failure because sometimes it's worth it. Um, so never be afraid to like bet against the odds and try. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there was like a sit-down type deal with the chief marketing officer at SurveyMonkey, Leila Rinafison. Mm -hmm. She was uh, really intelligent, really shared some good points. Um, yeah, she's worked for so many different yeah, companies. Yeah, exactly. Like that LinkedIn, LinkedIn yeah, that, that she was bringing all that in. Yeah. I think like one of the biggest things I took away from her too, and it was relatively small compared to everything she talked about and all the opportunities that she had, but how she was interviewing, because someone asked how she went from VP of marketing to um, chief marketer, mm -hmm. marketing yeah, officer. Like and yep. I don't know if it was SurveyMonkey or not, but she just she didn't apply for that position. That wasn't the title of it. But when they offered it to her, she asked if <laughs> she could. Yeah, let me change my title. Yeah, right change now. your yeah. title. So I, I think that was really cool because yeah. we're just not be afraid to ask for what you know you want. So. Also, um, the CEO of Drift spoke, David Consul. He was really good. I thought he had a good start to the show with uh, Honold. And then also their CTO spoke, Drift's CTO, mm -hmm. about their conversational marketing. Like Yeah, the those bots are stuff. amazing. Yeah. They can have 
they just kind of went through a tutorial, which was one thing that I thought was really awesome with this um, conference. Obviously, it was hosted by a company, and the majority of the people in their audience are either customers or hopefully future customers. But they didn't heavily, like, oversell it to you. Like, I mean, their people didn't come out until, like, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. Um, And when they were talking about their product, it was just, it was really awesome. Um, They did a demo, and you could type into their bot and, you know, kind of just say whatever. And it's really amazing how the bot was able to get you back on topic and really provide that information that you needed. Absolutely. Yeah. But overall, it was just, it was a really fun day. We don't have all day to talk about it. But we I know. We can sit here. There's yeah. so many. There's even speakers that we haven't had the opportunity to bring up yeah. um, because the day was, like, filled completely. Um, but it makes me just curious, like, next year, the lineup that they'll have because yeah. this year was really, really good. Yeah, we'll have to thank our inside drift contact for the free yeah, tickets, appreciate too. Yeah, I will really I won't give away her name, but um, <laughs> it was. It was awesome. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, definitely. So keep an eye out on Drift and Hypergrowth. So next year you can attend. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, Don't be afraid to come out. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks so much for listening to this episode of Digital Dialogue. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode.